He's nine years old. His name is Thomas. He's a little genius. He believes in Father Christmas. His two favorite pastimes, computers and superheroes. December 24th, midnight. Hidden under the dining room table, Thomas waits for Father Christmas. But what he does not know is that he is about to experience the most frightening night in his entire life. his match. Wanted Mr. Xmas. Welcome to They Call This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast and iTunes on the podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We are part of the Main Damien Network, and to find more from us, check out the website at themaindamien.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at themaindamien. We're also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com. Welcome back to They Call This a Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchio. With me, as always, is Dan Aquino and Mark Myers. Say hello, gentlemen. How's it going, guys? Hello, and I'm pretty sure Ant will have an answer for this. But um, how much of the movie we just watched um, do people think was ripped off by Home Alone? Yeah, well, uh, John Hughes is probably happy he's dead, so he doesn't have to answer those <laughs> legal questions. Because <laughs> this is this is as, as much as uh, you know. Obviously, one was played for horror, one was played for laughs. Um, yeah, there were a lot of similarities in in this in these two movies. Sure, in, in terms Absolutely. of setting it up. But, I'm surprised uh, that Joe Pesci would do a French movie. That's very unlike him. <laughs> yeah, and he would just yell in English the entire time. Yeah. Well, I think Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag was French. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. So yeah, he he's he's well uh, well versed in that type of in, in that type of movie, I guess. He's dabbled. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so that was the first thing I thought while we were watching. Gotcha. Was yeah. I had to look up immediately which came out first. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, this one beat it by, I think, a year. Um, but, uh, Dan, you said you had a question for the group. Yeah, have any of you guys watched Red Notice? No. Oh, I know right? about the egg. Like, that, no one has watched it, right? I feel <laughs> like it's, people just, like, Netflix is saying it's been watched, uh, like, yeah. the, 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 a record amount. I have not seen hide or hair of anybody who's mentioned that movie for good or bad. So... Okay. That just leads me to believe that it's fake. It's fake news. Yeah, I've heard a couple. I've heard a couple people in podcasts talk about it, but they're oh, movie really? podcasts, so they probably watch everything. They uh, have you know, to who do would it. do that for a movie podcast? All right. Um, uh, but the the only thing in connection with that is for Survivor Series. Vince McMahon said that one of the eggs from that movie, because they were like hundred million dollar eggs or something, that they were stealing like glass crystal eggs. <laughs> were they um, Fabergé eggs? eggs? Yeah. yeah. That take place in like South Philly. Yeah, I wish. So um, 
Does the gobbledygook? Uh, come no, out no. Oh, the, okay. So, so for the entire the big joke that became the entire uh, Survivor Series and Raw after that, he was going around, you know, interrogating wrestlers, and he would just in he would go up to him and go, "Has anybody seen my egg?" Ugh. And just pronounce egg real weird. So it just became a thing on the internet for about three days. That's the Yikes. only thing I know about Red Notice. Yikes. So I should be watching AEW, is what you're telling yeah, me. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, 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 they jumped the shark. Yeah. WWE spent an entire month sucking the rock's dick and then he didn't show up at Survivor Series. So <laughs> God damn. just trying desperately to get him back. Yeah, yeah. I've just I, I've seen I saw that headline that it's the it broke the Netflix record. No one has tweeted about it. Yeah, I've seen a tweet from somebody. It's like a movie that people watched and completely forgot about. I, I've seen more tweets about House of Gucci than Red yeah, Notice. Me too. I wonder if it's like people like my parents that like just keep their TV on for their cats while they leave the house. <laughs> Red Notice just popped on the autoplay. Yeah. That would be a very nefarious thing for Netflix to do that no matter what show you're watching, unless if it was a TV show. The next up after your movie was Red Notice. <laughs> they put your parents put that movie on and then they went and made the gravy, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, so I haven't seen that. But have you watched anything else this week besides not watching Red Notice? Damn. I have. I've seen a couple of movies. I saw Free Guy and I, I still hold on to the theory that we've had enough of Ryan Reynolds as a nation. It's time to take a break. Send them back to Canada. Hard agree. Yeah. Hard agree yeah. on that. It, it, this is another movie. I've I've seen quite a few people just say like, oh, you know, it's it's this is really nice. It was cute. It wasn't cute. It really wasn't that nice. It was very uh, it was very by numbers for an action movie. Mm. Um, yeah, I was not I was not thrilled by it. Um, but then I also saw Ghostbusters Afterlife, and that movie I did enjoy. It's it's not perfect. Very much a love letter to hardcore Ghostbusters fans, mm-hmm. and there will be times where you'll kind of cringe a little bit. Gotcha. I, I think they do a very good job of um, giving the fans something that they can, you know, they they, they could talk about it. It's it it was handled love, and you could definitely see that shine through. The main cast was great. I th- I thought the the little the little girl who plays Egon's granddaughter was phenomenal. He's so much fun to watch, and uh, you know Paul Rudd's Paul Rudd. They they it definitely suffers from a little bit of the Force Awakens, mm. uh, whereas you know it's basically a New Hope. But right. It it didn't bother me enough to where I would say don't go see this movie. If you're a Ghostbusters fan, I would recommend it. Okay. I still haven't gotten to see that. I don't even know if I'm going to get a chance to see it in theaters because I feel like I have something to do. Whenever I'm not working, there's something that needs to be done right now between still don't put up Christmas lights um, and I'm still not done with the leaves. They're everywhere. It never ends, man. Never ends. Uh, I finally got all the leaves from the back out, but I still have the front. So no one told me that was going to be the biggest problem of owning a house. (laughs) Goddamn leaves. Yeah, fucking leaves, man. I remember helping my dad when I was like a kid and when I still lived at home. And, you know, that would be our, like our Thanksgiving weekend tradition would be, all right, leave weekends. So we would help him do that. <laughs> I'm doing it solo, uh, dragging 300 pounds of leaves on a tarp. <laughs> it, it's, uh, it's not fun. I think that's when you know you've made it is when you can have someone else take care of your lawn. Yeah, that's the sweet get that, life right get there. Get that man. landscaping money. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I yearn for that day. Yeah. Well, maybe one day I'll get hit by a governmently owned vehicle. And I'll, <laughs> that's what I'll I, spend my settlement money on. I love how that was such a big topic of conversation when we went to Comic-Con in New York. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe we'll get hit by like a Greyhound or we'll get hit by NJ Transit. NJ, mm. NJ Transit. Like a, just a mail truck, probably. And it seemed very appealing. <laughs> every, problem. Every time, every time you walk across the... Uh the crosswalk and someone gets a little too close it's just like oh here's payday <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. um. I, it would take all of my natural instinct to instinct to not jump out of the way <laughs> but, and it, like i wonder if i'd feel a, a like a little regret if i did that <laughs> like i rolled out of the way like god damn it probably should have let that hit me a little bit well if, if it's something like a bus it would depend on how fast the bus was going yeah you kind of have to like jump up to try to like get it put to push you rather than get run over by it. I, I can't imagine any of us are are dexterous enough to jump out of the way at this point, right? Yeah. I only have yeah. one cool moment when I was a kid during a snowstorm. I almost got hit by a bus? No, no, a car. And I jumped oh. and slid across the bumper because it was all ice. Like no <laughs> athletic skill, but my foot just slid across the bumper and I rolled on the other side of the car. <laughs> wow I, why am i not hearing of this story until it was, now yeah it was it wasn't anything like i think if it wasn't snowing i think i would have gotten hit by the car <laughs> or just Jeez. the pure fact that my momentum just slipped me on the ice on this bumper yeah and we'd be recording with not da- not mark that's for damn sure yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> all right it was, it was one of those cool moments um you know where you look back and you go holy shit that could have went completely wrong yeah, like I think I think I told you this story, and when I almost got um, stuck between two tractor trailers coming down 322 from State College, because uh, one, one of them didn't listen to the go 20 miles an hour down the there you go down the down the mountain, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh shit, like I can't go anywhere, and then you know, right. but yeah, but yeah, it's that whole thing where you know after it happens, it's like shit, that was a FedEx truck. <laughs> <laughs> they got big pockets. Uh... <laughs> They can't. They can't deliver shit though. Um, yeah. But uh, Mark, you watch anything this week? Yeah, I actually think? did. <gasps> um, TV wise, but um, oh. I watched Hawkeye. Okay. Um, so um, and not on the. I'll talk about Hawkeye real fast, but not on the. I keep going back and forth on whether I want to see the Rocky Four director's cut. Have Have you guys heard anything that may sway me one way or the other? They They take out the robot. Why would I want to see that? I know that's the thing that keeping me from watching it. Yeah, no, that, there's no point in Rocky Four without that robot. The whole okay. plot just falls apart. Yeah. Uh, so I've watched first two episodes of Hawkeye. Um, it's like any of the other Disney Plus series. It's you know well made, and um, the only thing um, is that uh, through two episodes, you know, I don't know like entirely what the thought process of the movie is i i might be saying that wrong but sort of like at least with the other ones by like episode two i was kind of like okay i can kind of see where they're going mm-hmm. with this um but i don't know if she's like going to become hawkeye and then he becomes ronin like i don't know what their what their plan is with this better, he's already done the ronin thing unless he just yeah. needs another excuse to kill minorities i mean oh, oh they, they, they wrecked conrad <laughs> Oh, of course they did because they they must be they must be reading my tweets. No, they they open is that he was a terror to the New York mafia. (laughs) No, no, he he took out organized crime. They said. Oh, in the comic, 
We only see him kill minorities. By the way, Dan, as soon as I mentioned that, I laughed. Thinking of this conversation again, I will stand by my my by my guns here. Killing the yakuza is a good thing, not as an excuse, not when the excuse is because he lost his family because of Thanos. Possibly, we don't know why he did it. He just needed a. Re- he didn't know why. Because he hates minorities. I don't but anyway. Was, anyway. I don't think he was in, in, in Infinity War, right? Was he? I don't know. He was in uh, Endgame. He was in Endgame, yeah, the, but not Infinity War. Yeah, the, um, what's it called? Um, so, uh, Haley Steinfeld so far is pretty good. I like her Kate Bishop. Um, I had to look it up because from my fuzzy memory of Kate Bishop, I thought the opposite parent was alive and I was correct um, in her story. Um, I'm like, I remember a dad thing with her and then, um, yeah, looked it up, but, um, so far good. I'd like exasperate it. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Hawkeye, um, that so far is this entire series where he's just like, you know, one of those like action movies. I was two days from retirement sort of things. Like, he's oh, always fuck. two days from retirement. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, it was like, ah, oh, yeah, I was going to spend Christmas with my kids and he sees something on the news and just like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> You, know, you can retire, Hawkeye. Okay? You're allowed to. But if they um if they <laughs> don't with cartels. if they <laughs> if they don't um do something uh merchandise wise with the, the pizza dog, they completely miss the boat because uh Americans love dogs. And this one has one eye and is a central figure in the first two episodes. Um so it's got baby Yoda potential. Hmm. But um yeah, I'm interested to watch episode three after we get done recording this. Um, and looking forward to the rest. And um, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think I think I'm just waiting for uh, Florence Pugh to show up um, so, and, and see how they're going to integrate that. But yeah, I did watch that. And uh, yeah, I don't think there's no nothing over Thanksgiving. I thought I might have caught something, but no, it was just Hawkeye. Gotcha. Uh, Florence Pugh is going to show up, but it's going to turn out that she's Mephisto. finally it pays off Um, hashtag hawkeye might be a white supremacist but anyway i said might be i said might be anyway um for me not much this week we started watching christmas movies but we've mostly been watching the classics that we usually watch christmas vacation um we watched Four Christmases, which we covered on this podcast previously, yeah. and then a couple of others here and there. I don't even remember. Uh, some classics, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Charlie Brown, all the good stuff. Also, A Boy Called Christmas is a new Netflix one, which was cute. It's not quite Klaus cute, because Klaus is, is excellent if you haven't watched Klaus. Um, but yeah, it's fun. Kind of a retelling, a reimagining of the whole uh, Santa Claus mythos, which was fun. Kristen Wiig shows up in it for like a hot second, which is weird. Mm. She just happened to be walking by set that day. Yeah. She's like, hey, you want to be in this? Uh, sure, why not? Um, yeah, that was cute. Other than that, mm, can't really remember anything. Remember, I'm I'm raking leaves as, until the day I die, basically, <laughs> is is my is my current purgatory. Yeah, that's what they don't tell you when they say you need to own a home. Yeah. I'm, exactly. I'm loath to bring this up, mm-hmm. but... Barstool Sports or Barstool had their top ten Christmas list. Right, as compiled by who? What? What's the name of the place that? Uh, it's uh, 
that compiled the list. These are such bullshit lists. Barstool does this like every three months. They come out with a list and they have a hilarious acronym for whatever um, quote unquote place um, compiled it. It, it, it. The acronym for this one is BOFA. It's all bullshit. Oh, yeah. They just they create these things. I don't even I don't understand what they get out of it besides the clicks. But it's like you probably get just as many clicks if you made an actual list because like Fred Claus is two on that list, and then Home Alone three is on it, but it's higher than Home Alone two. Like guys, yeah, they, can't they, you they, go well, bankrupt if, yet? If they, if they made it serious, they would they would not get the bro. That was funny. Gotta see this, bro. Yeah, I don't know what the joke is. I don't, yeah. like, what's the joke? Is it just that it's Bofa? Yeah, like it's like the board of on of Oregonian Film Association or something like that. You're just a beta ant. Yeah, I'm a beta. That's why cuck. you don't get it? Yeah, hopefully. I, yeah, I, I was hoping that this would be what takes them down. I don't know. Is is, is it going to be something like the old uh, the mob bosses never get arrested for mob activities, just like cheating on their taxes? Oh yeah. yeah. Going like driving without a uh, with an expired license or something like that. Yeah, it's going to be Barstool is going to be taken down because of some stupid nothing to do with how misogynistic they are. Uh, it's going to be something like Pizza Stool Stooley or whatever his name is forgot to um uh, uh, pay wow, a parking ticket. <laughs> yeah, it's man, I hate it. Or because or, you're right, it is just for clicks, right? Where they violated a Good Samaritan. <laughs> yeah. Fuck Barstool. Yep. I think we could all agree on that. Yeah. And if you if you don't agree, I don't know what to tell you, but read a fucking book. I don't know. <laughs> the, the Venn diagram of people that have read a book for fun and people that listen to Barstool um, are two separate circles. Oh, yeah. Not even close to meeting. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Pizza reviews aren't that good. Oh, they're so dumb. So That's dumb. Excuse. Yeah. Just, it's any have, excuse just... to have him mugging for the camera. Yeah. All right. Well, that's our bar, bar stool roundup. Um, <laughs> and we're going to take a quick break so we could play some ads in this episode and pay those bills. So we'll be right back. And welcome back. Now it's time to get into this week's movie. And this week was Dan's pick. And Dan, I am so curious of why you picked this movie. So why don't you introduce this week's gem? Sure. So this pick is a uh, it is sort of a uh, a listener pick but sort of not a a a friend of ours was talking to me about it and they didn't specifically say you should watch like i want this to be the next pick but the way that they described it it really piqued my interest and when he said it's a cross between die hard and home alone but with a kid like okay well and it's French, so I, I figured, you know what, why not? We've never done, as far as I know, we've never done a foreign film on this podcast. and uh, Only Godzilla versus King Kong? They, and, that counts, right? I guess I, yeah, we, I mean, it was, it was dubbed, but... And yeah, it's that, still Toho. Okay, I was going to say, if we're doing, like, non-American-made movies, we did the uh, that Nazis on the Moon movie that was, like, Finnish or something, made by that, Finn. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, so we could count that. So, so we've we've gone to Japan, to Finland. We also France. did the Russian, the Russian. Oh, the Russian. Oh, we did movie. Yeah, the the the. We've done hundred. This is a hundred episode, one hundred and sixty. So four out of one hundred and sixty <laughs> isn't a lot. <laughs> no, it's, it's almost a handful. 
Uh, I, we're one short of a handful, yeah. Yeah, there we go. Uh, so yeah, that that's pretty cool though. But I, I figured seems like an interesting movie. So the when it was brought up to me, it was I'll code Santa, and yep. I was also told it goes by Deadly Games. Game over. Three six one five code Père Noël. I don't know if I've covered it all, but I think that's I think it. there are several other ones too, but the main ones are Deadly Games. 3615 code Père Noël and game over, depending on what what website you are looking at. So, uh, yeah, so what do you think about it, Dan? Uh, uh, you know, I'm a little torn because there were parts that are pretty cool. I found myself kind of looking away a good amount during this movie, checking my <laughs> phone or looking at other things on the computer. Um, it's... Definitely see the the Home Alone comparisons. Obviously, you know, kid home by himself, ending off an intruder. But I think there are there's enough differences to where the the uh, the director of this movie would not be able to sue uh, anybody. But yeah, uh, man, I was maybe I went in with such high expectations that it just it couldn't meet them, you know, because this this it fell flat for me. Okay. What about you, Mark? Where are you coming from? Yeah, so um, first thing, I want to ask if you noticed this as well, And Did the movie seem, like, foggy to you at times? Like, the focus or something? Like, a, a weird um, focus filter? I watched this on my computer, so okay. I can't really comment on the um, how yeah, it, it looked in it terms felt of It like parts of this movie were, like, shot as you would do dream sequences in movies. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's style. It's definitely stylized. It's got yeah. a a weird kind of um, Frenchness to it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, yeah. it kind of reminded me of a Sam Raimi type of movie. There are moments where it feels like where the camera moves a lot. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But then, yeah, I went, I just wanted to make sure it wasn't me. And, and also it, this kid has a pretty rad haircut. I mean, uh-huh. this, it's a God tier mullet. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know the French had mullets. Uh, this kid certainly did. Yeah. I thought <laughs> yeah. that was quickly a, a, a Western thing. Yeah. He had enough mullet for Vichy. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it is it's a righteous mullet. World War II reference, kids. <laughs> I went, it, it popped, when he popped up on screen, I went, God damn. Yeah. It, this movie made me incredibly uncomfortable when they had the, uh. Oh, that part. <laughs> the, 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 the close-ups of a sweaty child's body. <laughs> Like again, I know it's France, but come on. It's like a little buff boys competition. Yeah. <laughs> First thing I thought of too, Ant. Oh man, this is You have ruined me with that series. <laughs> this was it was in just, a good way. <laughs> it was an unfortunate scene. Yeah. You know how every you know, like every Batman movie has him suiting up. Yeah. Like that, but he it starts out with him very sweaty. Yeah, for some reason, it's entirely way too sweaty. Yeah. Um, and he's doing the seated rows yeah. entirely wrong. Yeah. Like, I Granted, he's 10 or 11, but he, he's using all momentum. He's not using any of his back muscles to, you know, to pull. It's For a rich kid, someone should have told him this. He should have a trainer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so what, what I really enjoyed about this movie is that um, that house is way bigger than... It's like a TARDIS, um, you know, it, it's like, where is this secret room that he has that comes out of a fridge in the laundry room? Mm-hmm. Like, how does that, so, how, 
How does the yeah. bomb not know this giant room is just missing? From I think from- I call in the notes. I think I call it the limitless void. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I love I love that, and I also love that you could also very much tell that they use like a miniature from a snow globe for the mm-hmm. exterior shots. Um, yeah. <laughs> in there, but uh, yeah, this movie. The weird part about I got a little distracted, like Dan as well, um, at times. But normally with most movies, you can be distracted and still kind of follow. But since this was all in French, it would be times where I'd be like, I'm going to have to rewind. Hmm. I don't know. I just heard people talking in French and not really paying attention to what they were saying and why anything was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I think they had a lot of good moments in it um, in, in terms of, um, you know, uh, as, as setting it up in terms of, you know, a lot of callbacks with things with the grandfather you know the uh the friend and you know um just just those things in general where i was like oh okay so they paid that off that wasn't just a stupid one-off thing um Mm. and it was also interesting to see french technology of the late 80s um with the minitel system Mm -hmm. that apparently was like a payphone chat room sort of thing from what i could tell when i researched it yeah um and yeah it was yeah, and and the matter of fact that this eleven-year-old could not tell the warning signs of a definite child predator um, from that chat, and his uh, and just brushed it off because it was Santa was slightly disturbing. Um, right. Well, he's a sheltered boy. Yeah, and and also we might get into this uh, a little um, deeper later, or maybe we can just attack it now. But um, th- I couldn't really understand what they were was they were going for with the with the santa like was obviously he's nuts i got that but like did he think he was santa or did he just want to kill kids like i couldn't really gather his whole motivation for this because you first meet him in a snowball fight you know where he's trying to play with kids yeah Uh, i don't think he thought he was santa okay um i think it's a little muddled because it it does seem like he wants to just oh he likes kids like like no ill will towards kids but then there's like moments where he he murders several people and then but then all of a sudden it snaps back and he's just like all right and, and he's acting like it's a game like oh oh well I found you now I'm gonna go hide and now you'll try and find me and that yeah. and then it snaps back the other way where it's like he's chasing him down in the woods with from what all we could tell intent to murder our our hero child so i do think there are moments where it's like i think it it, it reads to the tonal shift and the, the improper tone of this movie uh, which was one of my issues with it because i i wanted it to be more of and the action movie that they set up as much as i don't want to see a, a a shirtless kid sweating um i liked the the rambo suiting up like montage in the beginning it's fun because there's like also a knockoff i have the tiger song playing in the background while that's all going on so i i do i was with it for that tone where it was like oh man this is going to be a throwback to this is like french version uh 80s u.s action movies this is gonna be fun and then it just goes way too dark yeah. for for any sort of enjoyment out of it yeah, for I, me i actually enjoyed the second montage slightly better 
when he I, was when he was fixing his leg. And, and yeah, all. but when you take a step back, like most of the montage is him burying his dog, <laughs> and In it's the just basement. it's sad. Yeah. <laughs> it just winds up being really sad. Like I would I would have liked it more if it was like you had to see him like uh cauterizing his wound or something like that. It's like something like totally over the top and fun <laughs> like that. But like no, this is this is when now where he's crying because his dog is dead. I still But when you I've shoot been... it in a montage it if it feels different. <laughs> I've been scouring the internet and I can't figure out if they really killed that dog or not because it looks super realistic. There there was like no information of this movie. Oh. The 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 name changes from website to website. I couldn't get box office numbers, I couldn't get budget numbers. I couldn't even I couldn't even watch this on my television because for whatever reason I have my Shutter account synced into my Prime account, so I could watch Shutter movies through the Prime app. I don't have a I don't have a Shutter app on my TV, so I had to watch this on my laptop. Um, but it it's available through so it's available through Shutter. Um, but for whatever reason, it wouldn't show up on the Amazon Prime uh, uh, app, which is weird because like you type in Daily Game and it shows up and it's like rented for three ninety nine. So I had to watch this on the laptop. Short, long story short, um, and yeah, I, I am so surprised that <laughs> that's just the, one of the reasons why I was so surprised that you had picked this because you know Shutter has plenty of Christmas horror movies. I'm surprised you zeroed in on this one because it was so difficult to find. Yeah, I, again, it, it was something just from a conversation and the, the way that made it seem. You know, it it, it was worth a watch and. I can't say that it wasn't. I I'm still not upset that I watched it because again, it's it's a precursor to Home Alone, so it was interesting to see the uh, the parallels there. Yeah, but yeah, it's expected it to be a little bit more lighthearted in a way. I didn't expect to see a ten year old boy carrying his dead dog <laughs> to the basement and burying the goddamn thing. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I didn't I didn't think that I would see. Uh, him him uh, creating a splint out of a, a chair and setting Santa Claus on fire, shooting darts into his neck. And yeah. He takes that like a champ, by the way. He gets two darts in the neck. <laughs> and the next scene is just him walking like, oh, no, yeah, nothing happened. Yeah, I thought the rest of the movie was going to be like a Looney Tunes sort of like, <laughs> I'm going to set a trap and you're going to trip it. And that's going to be the rest of the fucking movie. That would have been great. <laughs> It, and it, it was really sad because it's the, the kid is crying constantly. Like I'm not having fun with this movie. Yeah, it's not like with with Home Alone. Kevin is just you know clearly running circles around the wet bandits, and we're all having fun with it. Here, it's this child is like crying and limping along. He, he shoots a real gun. He shoots yeah. an actual gun at the guy. That that never happens in Home Alone. <laughs> It's a little, this movie gets a little too real. That's basically yeah. what it is. Yeah. There's a reason why Home Alone is cartoony, because otherwise you have this, and it's just and nobody's having a good time with it. Like I enjoyed this movie for the most part. There are there are parts where it's uh it's very stylized, very atmospheric. They did a really good job of that. It's well directed. The kid's decent. Uh I mean it's hard to tell. To me, it's hard to tell um acting when it's a language you don't really understand but he he carried the movie pretty well um the santa claus was cr pretty creepy so they succeeded in that aspect but just overall it was 
I want to say it was a lot too long. It was only 90 minutes. It just kind of dragged at some points. Yeah. When, when the Santa Claus first attacks and I looked at the timestamp and it was like 37 minutes into the movie, I'm like, holy Christ, it's only been 37 minutes, <laughs> this movie? It does um, feel like it takes a little too long to get to the trap setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I will say the kid kept me interested in watching the movie. Like, it wasn't like he, what he was doing, whatever, whether it was a great, like, acting 101 um, thing, but he did his job that's supposed to be, like, keeping the audience attention, you know, um, at least from, from my perspective. Uh, but it was, it was a lot of the other stuff around it, as Ann said, the tonal shifts and uh, the, the really... I guess it was supposed to be maybe it played for laughs, maybe, you know, with the grandpa's eyesight. But, um, you know, you knew that was going to come back and it came back. And what I was I was waiting for it to be the worst possible way, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, where he hit the kid instead of the Santa Claus. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, so there were so many moments to make this more closer to Home Alone in terms of the traps and stuff. Um, and then for some reason they felt they needed to go a horror route and I don't think it succeeded at either. And that might be my biggest problem. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I, like, I kind of, it's hard to call this. It is a horror movie because it's like a, um, a home invasion movie, but it's not particularly scary, obviously. So it's, it's a question of what, what it felt the necessity to, to dig so far into the horror aspect of it when it. It would have been a lot more fun if it was Ram- like this kid goes full Rambo, you know, yeah. he's just a total badass, not, yeah. not like crying and burning and, around. And we can all agree there's no way the Santa Claus does not catch that friend. <laughs> oh, Z- yeah. Zero, zero chance that if that was real and not a movie, that Santa Claus does not catch that kid. Right. Especially yeah. when he falls off the bike. You like see the actor go, oh, I got to slow down. Because I don't know if he was supposed to fall off the bike mm-hmm. in the shot, um, yeah. but yeah, that that the end of that scene is real cool, where he gets cut off by the car in traffic. Um, mm-hmm. That was a cool way to end it, but the rest of it was kind of ridiculous. Um, but yeah, it, the the two uh, great setup scenes in that movie in, in the movie is the uh, when he lights the arrow on fire to light the you know the dirt around him. Like mm-hmm. that whole setup and execution was really cool, badass. And yeah. I don't know. And like the sneaky setup of the train was pretty interesting and kind of kind of creepy. But um, I don't know exactly what he was going for with that. Um, I, I don't know what the end goal was in terms of did he think the the Santa Claus was going to hit the lighter or was the lighter supposed to hit his foot? I I just never got the end goal. But just the idea of him hiding and throwing out these like guerrilla style attacks on him. I wish they would have leaned more in that direction. Yeah, definitely. Cause they, they, they start it and we've got like a half hour left of the movie and then we see a few of them and then it stops again. Yeah. That should have been the, the, the second half of it would have been, it would have been a little more fun to see it. Like, Oh, what, what trap is next? You know, kind of yeah. thing like home alone, right? Basically that's essentially the last, the last act of home alone is like, Ooh, what, what are these idiots going to, gonna run into next um so yeah kind of wish it was more like home alone probably a guy have a better chance of uh suing the estate of john hughes um yeah did you know this this movie won two awards um i did see that and, and best film at the at like a film festival right yeah fanta festival it still yeah. counts there it's an award-winning movie 
That's right. I get the little, yep. uh, little, like little emblem on uh, any DVD release. Yeah, any any good high, marketer man. will shove that down your throat. No matter what that award winning he was. Well, I guess they didn't really do their job because this movie was impossible to find. Yeah. <laughs> well, because they kept changing the goddamn thing. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> also, the mom's probably a billionaire, so she shouldn't exist. That's Probably just not, right. They so, also tried to. It was. It was kind of maybe again. It was French culture or whatever. But you know, it was a late '80s you know movie where they that the mom was definitely in charge of that that company. Like, Girl boss. Girl boss. Yeah, yeah. That is. You know, normally there's. You know, the guy would have stuck up and said something in in most situations in the '80s with those with that dynamic. Mm-hmm. But she was completely in charge. We need all this stuff, and it needs to happen today. Yeah. What a piece of shit, though. She's kind of a shitty yeah. boss. It's Christmas so I was gonna Eve. Say, she's the bad guy in this. Yeah. Scenario. Break out the, the guillotines, boys. <laughs> and she wanted to do the accounting instead of going home to her kid. On- yeah. She's not a good mom. No. But they make her out to be a good mom at first. Yeah. Yeah. She leaves her 11-year-old son home to have to give insulin to her father. Yeah. He's they, not even 11. He's nine. He's, they, nine. he's nine. He's nine. I think they said he's 11. Because he, she wanted him to believe in Santa when he was twelve. Oh, okay. So well, I don't. I, don't I think I think some of the, the the descriptions say he's nine. But yeah, I do remember that line. Um, yeah, you guys want to get into the plot? Yeah, sure. let's do it. Dan, we got for us. Okay, I want to give a quick shout out to our good friends Tia and Brittany and their podcast, which you find on Geek Vibes Nation. It is a Coffee Break with Tia. So it is Tia and Brittany just shooting the shit. Having it's two good friends talking about random subjects. They're a lot of fun. They're incredibly funny. Go to gvnation.com, search Coffee Break with Tia. It should pop right up. It's also on their YouTube channel. So uh, if you just type in Geek Vibes Nation in YouTube, you'll find plenty of other shows there, and you'll also find Coffee Break with Tia. Okay, great. And we're gonna take a quick break, and we're gonna you guys are gonna listen to some messages from friends of the podcast, and we'll be right back. Hey everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Oh, hi. Didn't see you there. It's me, George, from the best little horror house in Philly, the show where we talk about the best horror movie ever made, according to our guest at least. We've talked about groundbreaking classics like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Alien, but we've also got a lot of great ones coming up, including some very fun guests like Len Kabazinski of Swamp Zombies and Red Letter Media fame, Caroline Williams, the star of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, and Chase Williamson from John Dies at the End. So make sure you're subscribe to the best little horror house in philly and i'll see you boils and ghouls over there and welcome back now it's time to get into the plot for well deadly games or aka 3615 code pair noel or game over whatever you have that's the the movie from 1989 that's what we're covering we open on a snow globe of the eiffel tower which is then promptly crushed by the wheels of a garbage truck sign that says 3615 code 
Père Noel, which I'm not entirely sure what it means. Maybe it's a hotline to call Santa Claus on this Minitel system. Who knows? They never really go into it. I couldn't find a goddamn any information about this movie. <laughs> then we got a bunch of children having a snowball fight on the city streets. Then a creepy old dude with a beard comes along and tries to join in, hurling snow at the kids who then run away because he's a creepy old dude and they should do just that. Then cut to what can only be described as the castle inside, which has enough room to house an old fighter jet. Child awakens from his sleep from inside the cockpit in order to have his own training montage set to a rockin' Christmas song that sounds an awful lot like Eye of the Tiger. Kid gets all his tactical gear on with his sweet mullet, like he's John Rambo, then runs around in his vast estate pretending he's running through the jungle, taking on enemy combatants. Swings on chandeliers, throws fake ninja stars at the dog, jumps on his grandpa's bed until his mom breaks up fun i was kind of worried about the shape of those stars at first until they're jewish stars what if it's a star of david (laughs) i thought they were stars of david at first and i was like oh boy (laughs) yeah i didn't like how he treated his dog in this scene (laughs) it'd been really weird if he's like i gotta mark you now and he's like you have to keep that that star on you at all times like man i I was about to text dan if they turned out to be what are you this, making us watch? This kid learned the wrong lessons from World War II. <laughs> until his mom tells him to... Until his mom breaks up the fun by defusing his fake grenade and tells him to wake up his grandfather. He gets on the PA system that he's wired for the whole house to scream in order to wake up his granddad, then handcuffs him and brings him down to breakfast. At breakfast, we learn much of what we already need to know about this family. Mom is an OG girl bro- boss and probably a billionaire, so she shouldn't exist. Dad might be dead, and our hero Thomas is a spoiled brat. Thomas apparently said, is a like engineering, like technology genius. He's a genius. Okay. He's wired the whole house. He apparently we'll find out that he knows how to work on cars. Uh, yeah. yeah. Then Thomas says that his friend says that Santa isn't real, and his mom says Santa isn't real for his friend because his friend's a bad kid. Thomas mentions that he doesn't need to write to Santa anymore because he could just order through Minitel, which is a precursor to the internet launched in 1980 and discontinued in 2012. But his mom says he should write to Santa too, just in case. Then Thomas's mom's boyfriend comes, picks her up, and Thomas is not a big fan, but the mom leaves anyway because he just doesn't want his dad replaced. <laughs> then Thomas stares at her and her boyfriend in the car as they drive away. And at work, she tells her boyfriend that she wants to keep Thomas believing in Santa Claus, but she because she did until she was 11. Boyfriend says that Thomas is a genius, so it's natural that he doesn't anymore. Then the mom orders her underlings to come up with a whole new Christmas strategy the day before Christmas. And all because Thomas is questioning whether or not Santa is is real. So she's a shitty boss. Yeah, it, that bit. makes no sense because Thomas isn't going to be at the party. So what does it matter? Yeah. It, it's basically like, okay, so kids don't believe in Santa Claus anymore. It's No, your kid doesn't believe in Santa Claus right now. So it has nothing to do with the other kids who probably still do believe in Santa. Yeah. And where are we going to get all these, like, new hires that we need for this? Like, it's Christmas apparently, Eve. Quickly. <laughs> apparently, as we'll find out a little bit later, they just hire anyone that walks off the street. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, Thomas and his slick fucking mullet and his best friend who's dick out in <laughs> Ferrari gear are on the computer trying to contact Santa Claus. Somehow they do, probably through this code that is the name of this movie in some in France, but they never explain it. They think they do. They ask him questions to prove he's Santa, and then Santa asks him where he lives. Thomas says that if he's Santa, he should know that already. Yeah, that's the mentioned, red flag. Yeah, then he, also, he mentions that his mom is an executive at her company, so he kind of tips him off of where he could find his mom. 
Yeah, and, uh, and and the more times we mention this kid's hair, the more I'm looking forward to using it as a description for a character in Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> yeah, like the mullet of the kid from <laughs> Deadly Games, and like only two people in the room. That, that exactly two people at the table will understand. <laughs> but it'll kill with those two people. Uh, well, you're now you're playing for a smaller audience, so it's okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then it turns out he's been talking to that creep from the snowball fight who is talking through him sort of a payphone computer this is the minitel system creep wanders an outdoor mall until he walks into a department store and applies for a job as a mall santa in back of the house thomas works on a car because he's some sort of mechanical and computer wizard his grandpa meanwhile is pretty fucking blind which must come into play later yeah and uh i love the fact that he somehow um, knew the wrench without being able to see it, despite saying that we have no idea what they were. He handed him the correct wrench. Yeah. I don't know if he knew more than he was just like, well, let's see. Take yeah. a shot. <laughs> I know it's a wrench. <laughs> uh, Thomas manages to get to the car and start and takes his grandpa on a joyride around the grounds. Now, now am I led to believe that he got this car up and working because he didn't want his mom having to drive him with that boyfriend? Yes, and probably. Yeah. yeah. So I think he says that she won't have to be escorted anywhere. Okay. Yeah. Mom probably just didn't want him to uh, fix that car. Fan of giving roadhead. That's that too went, much for you. That went a little darker than that's, I thought. That's the line, Aunt. Roadhead is the absolute line. Because well, yeah. then I just pictured the kid driving. <laughs> And like them getting it on in the back seat or something like what? that. That is that is one hundred percent not what no, I no, said I, at all. I know that, but I don't know because I just remember the, the kid drives. That's just the first thing that popped in there for some reason. So that's real. I guess that's more on me than that is on anything. you one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. God damn! I didn't realize Dan was so against Roadhead. It's like guys, that's dangerous. It is dangerous, but it's great <laughs> uh, from what I've been told. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. At night, Thomas taps away on his computers in what can only be described as the bell tower of this house and sets up a camera system in order to try and catch Santa on camera that night. Meanwhile, back at the store, the mom has now turned the mall into some crazy circus Olay sort of site with jugglers, clowns, harkers, and our creepy Santa Claus. He acts real creepy to a girl petting her face, who then tells him she doesn't like his face and then tells him he's fake and pulls his beard off. So the Santa slaps her right in the face, and the girl is pulled away by Thomas's mother, who promptly fires the Santa. Santa goes to the personnel office to collect his paycheck, then overhears that a delivery is being made to the boss's house. So he goes to the war- warehouse to stalks the guys that are loading the van for the delivery to Thomas's house. Back at the house, Thomas and his grandpa are playing D and D. Yeah. Then Hell Thomas- yeah. <laughs> then Thomas has an existential crisis, questioning whether Santa, cavemen, even Napoleon existed. I love love the grandpa's rebuttal here. He tries to explain why there's evidence of certain things, but Thomas has a smart-ass answer for everything. But Thomas also believes in aliens without evidence, so he's he's a liar. Mm. And then after the game, Thomas takes his grandfather to bed, and then the delivery driver shows up. But when he opens the back of the truck, the creep has been hiding in the back and kills the driver. Then he knocks on the door, posing as the driver. And Thomas hides under the dining table, waiting for Santa, armed with a wristband that locally controls... All the cameras he set up in the house. As the store closes, Thomas's mom gets excited to do all the accounting for the day's profits. But Roland, her boyfriend, tells her that he'll do it and that she should go home to Thomas. Mom calls the house. Thomas answers. She tells him to go to bed because Santa will turn into an ogre if you try to sneak a peek at him. She says goodnight to him and he goes back to under the table. 
Meanwhile, our creep has found some snow spray and he uses it to turn his beard and hair white. So he looks more like Santa Claus. At midnight, Thomas wakes up to see Santa come down from the chimney, which I guess he does. Like, that's a thing that this Santa, does he climb down the chimney? Is that how he gets in? Yeah. Or is that just like uh, Sleepy Thomas waking up and seeing this in his head? Not sure. He came down the chimney. Yeah. This guy wanted to be Santa just as badly as Thomas wanted to see Santa. Mm Mm-hmm. I think he he did it more for himself because he doesn't know anyone's watching. Yeah, that's true. Santa comes out of the chimney and then gets attacked by the family dog. And then Santa stabs the dog in the neck with a cake serving knife right in front of Thomas. Santa's pretty fucking real at this point for Thomas. Yeah, Yeah, things got a little too crazy too quickly there. Yeah. Santa sticks his head under the table and says hello to Thomas, who then runs away to his grandpa's room. Santa chases after him, but Thomas leads grandpa down a series of secret staircases and tunnels that he's set up through the house that leads directly to the garage. But unfortunately, the car doesn't start because this is a horror movie after all. And Santa is there waiting for him in the driveway. With the doors locked, Santa goes ham on the car with a sledgehammer, beating the shit out of the hood and the windows. But Thomas and his grandpa manage to escape into the laundry room and enter a secret path that is hidden by a refrigerator. Thomas takes his grandpa to a secret passage filled with toys and seems to be some sort of limitless void within the house. Apparently, only he and his father knew about it. You hear the phone ring. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of weird that like the father never told the, the mom about it. It's keeping secrets. Porn stash was in there. Meanwhile, his mom is on his way home. Um, oh, wait. Uh, they hear the phone ring and realize that it's the phone in the mom's office and that the phone is still working. So they argue over who's going to get the phone, and eventually Thomas convinces his cramp- grandpa to let him go. Meanwhile, the mom is on her way home, and she's the only one that is call- she's the one that is calling from her car phone. So Thomas suits up in his Rambo gear and uses the camera to track Santa as he makes his way to the phone. Santa realizes that there are cameras all around, so he breaks one. Thomas makes his way around the house and comes face-to-face with Santa in the hallway. Santa charges at Thomas, who then remembers the rope trap he has under the floorboards and manages to use his wristband to open the trap and Santa falls in, allowing Thomas to escape. He also accidentally locks the do- all the doors and windows. Yeah, and, and by the way, I think at this point, it was 45 minutes into the movie. We still yeah. had another like 45 minutes to go. Yeah. Thomas gets lost in a maze that he built and then gets to the attic, which also has a phone for some reason, but Santa is there first. So Thomas climbs out a window and starts crawling along the roof in his bare feet and then cries for his mom. In the most realistic snow ever. <laughs> the mom calls Roland and tells him she can't get a hold of anyone. He tells her to call caretakers and send them to the house and he'll keep calling the house. But when he does, the phone is off the hook. Thomas struggles across the roof, trying to pull himself across the frozen shingles. He calls in to his grandpa and lies to him, saying he's okay, but the phone doesn't work, so he's going to send an emergency message with his computer. He manages to climb into the window and get to his computer and sends a fax to his mom's work, which no one picks up, and his friend, who does get it. Meanwhile, the grandpa stumbles around the void and makes enough noise that Santa hears him and figures out that the fridge is actually hidden passage. Grandpa thinks that Thomas is coming towards him, but it's actually Santa. But Thomas hears him calling to him on, a, on the walkie-talkie, so he rushes to his grandpa and manages to pull him out of the secret passage before Santa is able to stab him with the cake knife. There's a weird cut to it. <laughs> um, Thomas and grandpa go run and hide, and Santa eventually breaks down the door of the secret passage, follows a voice into the gym and into the steam room, but it turns out that it was just a recording playing from the tape recorder that Thomas had rigged, sort of like uh, Angels with Filthy Souls. And then Thomas unrolls himself from a carpet he was hiding in and places a metal rod in the door handle, locking it, then turning the steam room to as high as it will go. Pretty slick. Yeah. Thomas, this is that was a good moment. I liked that moment uh, to show Thomas was a badass and willing to basically murder 
Thomas realizes that Thomas realizes that they can't escape the house though because he locked the doors and the windows and now the, his wristband is broken. Meanwhile, the mom is still trying to get a hold of the house and the caretakers haven't answered either. So she tells Roland to continue calling the house while she calls the police. They get off the phone and he finally sees the message from Thomas and, and she winds up skidding out and crashing while she's on the phone with the police. Santa eventually jostles the door of the sauna enough to that the rod jiggles loose and he manages to escape at around the same time Thomas's buddy shows up at the house. Meanwhile, Thomas takes a blowtorch and manages to gain access to a control panel, which is able to unlock the doors and windows. As he runs down the stairs to get his grandpa, Santa trips Thomas as he runs down the stairs and then stabs him in the leg. That is right. We watch a child get stabbed in the leg. In this movie. The, with the cake knife, right? Yep. Pretty brutal stuff. I always yep. knew cake knives were dangerous. So I don't have one in my house. Yes. It's all those empty calories. Right. <laughs> as this happens, Thomas's friend Pilo... Walks in the front door, which sets off a chase between Pilo and Santa through the grounds until eventually Pilo jumps on his bike and manages to escape as Santa almost gets hit by a car. Thomas gets back to his grandpa, who is hiding in a suit of armor, and tells grandpa to stay put. And as Santa retreats back to the house, Thomas comes out, comes onto the PA system and basically tells Santa that he's fucked up and now Thomas is going to make sure Santa's life is a living hell. In a montage set to Bonnie Tyler's Merry Christmas, as Thomas... Stitches his knife wound, buries his dog, and gears the fuck up for some payback. Were you? Did this song cross your mind when you were talking about the tonal shifts? Yeah, it is definitely okay. a weird song to be playing over this. They should have just reprised the Eye of the Tiger ripoff. Yeah, because this song is like super uplifting and like merry. Yeah. It has no business being in this movie, and it's in this movie a few times. Yeah, I think it plays at the end, too. Yeah. It's, happy, I think it's like one of the lines is like "Happy Birthday, Christmas!" Or yeah, "Happy Birthday, Christmas!" And then it's like "Merry, Merry Christmas, Jesus!" or something like that. Yeah, it's uh, like it seems like it was written in French first, and then someone translated it. Yeah, the translation was lost. I think. Yeah, not quite oh, total eclipse from the of the heart for Bonnie Tyler. <laughs> it's it's funny. Um, uh, my friend and I when we were talking about this movie. He, he mentioned the, the Bonnie Tyler song and he said, you know, honestly, this is like this would go well with Totally Eclipse of the Heart. Because have you ever seen the video to Totally Eclipse of the Heart? And I, I said, no, it's been a long time. Have you guys seen it? I feel like it's like a meatloaf video where it's like a yes. cavernous cavernous mansion with maybe like long drapes flowing and open windows. Oh, yes. But that doesn't even begin to describe this. <laughs> There are uh, ninjas. There are ninjas in that that oh, uh, man. music video. There are there's a, a choir of children with like, alien eyes, glowing alien eyes. Oh man! Yeah, it's it's out there, man. And, and now I need to know who directed Total Eclipse of the Heart because if it was the same guy, the how crazy would that be? I almost said it was Michael Bay. It's not Michael Bay. <laughs> Obviously, he but he directed a he directed some type of music video. Michael Bay did. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, he's he's directed uh, music videos. Yeah. Uh, it was directed by Russell McCahey. So not this at the Holloway Sanitarium. It's nuts, but it, it feels more along the lines of what should be in this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's but it's very jarring when the boy is carrying his dead dog to hear happy or uh, happy birthday Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Now it kind of misses the mark. Yeah. Now I'm looking up Bonnie Tyler, total clips of the heart video. There you go. Yeah. Rabbit hole live on this podcast. Enjoy Google commercial. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, oh now, yeah. Now I listen, I, 
I like that song because you know it's it basically reminds me of a um old school mm. the the wedding band who yeah. kind of does their own spin on it yeah and bonnie taylor gives it her all in that song she really it's a great goes song crazy. It, i like it i don't care who knows it it's a great song man it slaps <laughs> certified banger i agree i i think she really nailed it <laughs> that's right we're pro bonnie tyler in this uh, on this podcast pro bonnie tyler anti barstool I think that's all you that, that's the perfect slogan for this podcast. <laughs> Anything yes. you need to know pro Bonnie Tyler anti barstool. There we go. <laughs> so then Thomas then sets up a series of traps around the house that John Hughes may or may not have stolen wholesale. Then a first trips a trap that gets him a dart in his neck and then he stumbles upon some poured gasoline which Thomas sets on fire with a flaming projectile. Thomas then rigs a toy train with explosives and sends it to Santa, who grabs it, looks it over, and then turns it back towards Thomas. Thomas avoids it, but then it heads straight towards the suit of armor that his grandpa is still hiding in. So Thomas goes to stop it, but gets grabbed by Santa, and the train hits the armor pedestal, which sets off the fuse for the explosives, but it's a dud, and the explosives don't go off. That was a long sentence. A, lot then of Thomas... that, a big sentence for no payoff. Yeah, yeah, it's just a dud. And it, it goes on for a long time, that, that trap. Yeah, because it's almost in slow-mo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we have to watch the train just go 30 feet one way and then 45 feet the other way. <laughs> Can you imagine if if John Hughes had done that in Home Alone? If one of the traps kind of malfunctions. <laughs> we have to watch it in real time. Yeah. That'd be so boring. Yeah. And well, I guess one person did Deadly Game. The other one uh, did countless family-friendly movies. So. Good point. Yeah, there's a bit of a difference, I guess. <laughs> Tom, Thomas wriggles away from Santa and hides. At this moment, Roland finds Thomas's mom in her car that has gone off the road. And she's fine. And a cop shows up at the house. Thomas goes to get his grandpa, but his grandpa is having a diabetic episode and tells Thomas to go get his insulin. Thomas goes to the bathroom and starts going through all the pills to try and find the insulin. Then he thinks Santa is near because he had a plant. He had planted a tracker on him earlier, but now the tracker has been placed on a toy tank. Thomas goes to investigate and immediately gets grabbed by Santa. Then Santa tells him that it's his turn to hide, so he tells Thomas to count to 20 and then runs off to go and hide. Thomas counts to 20 and then runs down the stairs and out of the house, telling his grandpa that he's going to the caretaker's house to get the insulin. When he gets there, the caretaker's, uh, caretaker's lying dead on the ground but finds the insulin and runs out. He takes the cop car and starts using the radio as he drives, telling the cops that he needs them to come to the house. But then Santa was hiding in the back seat, jumps out and tells Thomas that he's cheating. Thomas winds up crashing the car and they both get knocked out. Meanwhile, Roland and Thomas's mom race to the house. Thomas wakes up from the crash, grabs the handcuffs in the car and handcuffs Santa in the car and runs. Santa busts out the, of the cuffs pretty quickly and then chases after Thomas. In the woods, Thomas trips over the body of the cop who died off screen and then takes his gun and shoots Santa and then runs back to the house to attend to his grandpa. He manages to get the grandpa off the pedestal and out of the suit of armor injects him with the insulin. After a couple of moments of thinking that his grandfather's dead, his grandpa starts to come around. Then Santa shows up and starts coming towards Thomas with intent to kill, I'm assuming, even though he seemed like it was all game before. As Thomas backs up away, Grandpa grabs the gun and struggles to see Santa. Hey, it did come up after all. Grandpa yells for Thomas to get down, then fires the gun. And as Thomas, Thomas's mom and Roland show up, see Santa's dead on the ground and Thomas in a shocked state. Roland helps Grandpa up, and Mom attends to Thomas, who says it's his, all his fault because he wanted to see Santa Claus. 
And that is the end of Deadly Games, a.k.a. 3615 Code Pair Noel, a.k.a. Game Over. Yeah, um, I, th- I was ready for the dark French ending of the grandpa shooting the kid. Right. <laughs> that would have been yeah. great. <laughs> that might have redeemed this movie. Uh, it was fine. It was fine. I don't think I'd ever watch it again. Yeah, same here. Um, you can't you can't kill the kid because then you can't have Deadly Games 2 lost in Paris. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, there's there's plenty of other Christmas horror movies I'd rather watch. I just watched, I watched Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2 the other day. It was another. It was like so shitty, but it's so much. Yeah. It's so much more fun than this movie. I wanna. Uh, before I go any further, Dan, how long were you holding on to that joke? Five minutes. Okay. <laughs> At least five minutes. <laughs> Anthony. Anthony said, oh, "What? What did you say just a few minutes ago about? Um, oh, stealing something wholesale. Like yeah. stealing all the stuff wholesale. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. Getting lost in New York." The, oh Paris, of course. <laughs> well, hey, that's where the, that's where everybody goes on uh, in the first movie. Maybe that's the re- yeah. maybe that's the reason oh. why they go to Paris. Oh, Hughes shit. was just like, "Dare me, yeah. <laughs> come at me." Yeah, I Can, dare you I to made, sue me. I made Ferris Bueller, motherfucker. Yeah, come um, at me. Yeah, it was oh, fine. Uh, it's got some cool moments, but overall, the tonal shifts um, is just is a lot. It kind of takes away from how much fun this movie could have been. Yeah, it, yeah. It, this movie gets a whole point just for the kid's hair. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Scale. I, I agree with that. 100%. I think this movie could have benefited from being a, a more of a, a comedy horror. Yeah. Like a, a Shaun of the Dead, where yeah. you have some lighthearted goofs with the with the kid and the, the, the intruder, obviously. And the, the, the traps aren't super deadly. Um they, I, and there was there were some weird edits in this movie, or namely that the one that sticks out to me is when he sets Santa on fire, and then it's him limping away. Uh, yeah, it, it was just it's an interesting movie. I, I give it that. I'm glad that I watched it. Uh, I'm with you, Anne. I probably would never watch this movie again. Yeah, it's. I think this is such a niche movie, right? If you like Christmas horror movie, yeah. That if that's your thing, then yes, you're gonna love this. But I, I would w- rather watch uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, uh, Black Christmas. Those are really more of the upper echelon holiday. I would rather watch... Uh, what, did, what did we just cover? We covered... Um, uh, it's not... Cranberry Blood Rage? Sauce. Blood Rage. I'd rather watch Blood Rage for a holiday yeah. horror movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like I said, it's not bad. It's, it's a very interesting find because, like I said, like I said, it's so it was so difficult to to track down, so difficult to just find any sort of information because you never knew wherever you were typing in if it was Google, if it was IMDb, if it was Rotten Tomatoes, which title was going to pop up with anything. Um, I couldn't even get it on on Prime Video. I had to. I started watching it on my phone. I was literally sitting on my couch, staring at my television that was not on because I couldn't get to it. Couldn't get this movie on there watching on my phone um the way the way this director intended yeah um, it kind of gives it a mystique right oh i can't find it. it it must be good yeah and i've never i've never heard of this movie so I mean, again it just it came up in conversation and it, it piqued my interest enough yeah so i again thank you for uh for um recommending this movie my, my buddy and so far everything that he's brought up to me he 
I, I would say it, it's been good. It's it's right up this podcast alley, I'd say. So he understands the assignment. I'll say that. Yeah, I, I think we, I think we just wish it was Home Alone. To be honest, yeah, that's with what you. it sounds like, right? Because we're, we're like, oh, I wish the kid wasn't crying. I wish the traps were a little bit more goofy. Yeah, we just had to wait a year. Yep, and we really didn't even know we were waiting when we did. <laughs> uh yeah you guys want to plug your shit so we get out of here yeah uh real quick we still have our extra life campaign going on it runs through the end of the year so you have a month to donate if you haven't already or let your friends know that we're still doing this uh we're, we are at seventeen hundred dollars of our two thousand dollar goal we smashed our original thousand dollar goal at our extra life stream november so thank you to everyone who donated oh if you can donate go to tinyurl.com slash mark hates art and help us out if you can all proceeds go to the children's hospital of philadelphia mark let me know i think we're going to be doing a a stream like on new year's eve um as we go in towards midnight or after midnight or something like that you know or through midnight i should say because the donations end at 11.59 on, on December uh, 31st. So you do have plenty of time still to donate. So uh, make sure you go there. Uh, as Dan said, tonyurl.com uh, slash Mark Hates Art. Uh, we're at $1,795. So almost 800, $1,800. Um, and I, I'm not sure if you uh, mentioned it, but our next uh, stretch goal is a D&D one-shot uh, DM'd by Jenny. Um so uh, if we hit that, we'll you'll get that um, on our on our Twitch channel over at Game Vault Pod. Um, but yeah, the uh, speaking of that, um, we have our D and D podcast final three episodes um, coming up. Uh, one aired um, yesterday, um, and then um, I'm trying to line it up. So because I was looking today, I think the for some reason I think the first episode I put up. Um, or something on the main Damie may have been like sometime in the 20s in December. So I'm going to try and see if I can match up the last episode to sort of match with that anniversary of the first time we ever posted anything about it. Um, so uh, that, that'll that be when the final episode airs. Uh, but we're still going to be playing, so you can follow us on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Stranger Damies for updates, photos, um, you know. Uh, we might do some Talking to Strangers podcast just to, if people are interested to keep you updated on the story. Um, cause we're going to keep playing. Um, and then we have game vault pod, um, which is our Twitch channel, um, where all of our streaming, uh, occurs. We're do, we do Monday, Wednesdays and Thursdays at this point. Um, we're probably going to sprinkle in a couple other days, um, during the, uh, during the week here as we move into December. Um, and then, um, that address is twitch.tv slash game pod. And then the main podcast that comes out, uh, from that Twitch channel, the game Ball podcast. Um, airs every other Monday. There'll be a new episode this Monday um, from when this episode airs. Um, so uh, be sure to check that out. And um, yeah, I think that's it. Okay, great. And we are They Call This a Movie. You can find us on all podcast streaming apps just by searching They Call This a Movie. Find us on Spotify so you could uh, tell us how much you watched it. Uh, you listen to us at the end of next year with your Spotify unwrapped or whatever it's called. Um, you could also find us where the main That is our main website where we post everything that we do. And you can find us on all socials just by searching the main Damies. That's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Just look for the main Damie. It will pop right up. 
We're also a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find this them at gvnation.com and on all podcast streaming apps and all social apps just by searching Geek Vibes Nation. Tons of great shows. If you're into geek stuff, there's surely a show for you. If you want to suggest a movie to us, you can hit us up the main Amy at gmail.com or any of those other places you can get in contact with us. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a second uh, and you like our podcast, please go on to your podcatcher of choice and give us a five-star review. would really help us out, really get, really be a great Christmas present for us. So if you like us, give us a Christmas present. It's free. Just review it. Give us five stars, and we'd be very happy. Um, that's going to wrap it up this week. The director of Deadly Games, a.k.a. 3615 Code Paranoel, is Renee Manzor. So, for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, this is Anthony DeVecchio telling Renee Manzor, well, you certainly made a movie, didn't you?